You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast. I'm John Stonge, and today we have two very special guests with us. We have the Presley girls who are with us. And let me tell you a little bit about them in case you're not familiar with what they do or their music or anything like that. The Presley girls were born and raised in Brasstown, North Carolina. They're an authentic Appalachian duet that focuses on tight harmony and lyrical meaning. And they perform a wide range of music, including folk, bluegrass, gospel, and country. They admire the Leuven brothers, so maybe they'll share a little bit about that admiration. Uh, they, they love classic country singers and traditional folk musicians. And what they're trying to do is they're hoping to bring transcendent, genuine music back to the world. So Corey Presley plays the guitar and mandolin while singing harmony with her sister, Katie, who plays the fiddle while singing lead. And I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, kind of revisit this in a little bit if I remember to say it, but I want to let you know right up front where you can find out more information about them. If you go to thepresleygirls.com, and that's Presley is spelled with two S's. So thepresleygirls.com, uh, you can see more about them and what they're doing. And be sure to check out their CD, When It Ends in a Walk, which is the most recent album I have purchased. I purchased it, I believe, last week or the week before, and uh, I've been enjoying listening to it. So all that being said, Corey and Katie, it's so great to have you with us today. I'm so glad that you're here on the Dwell on These Things podcast. Please tell us a little bit more about what you guys are up to and maybe anything I missed in that introduction. Yeah, uh, thank you, John. We first just want to say thank you uh, for having us on the podcast here. Uh, so you, you did a really good introduction there. Uh, so I'm trying to think think what else what else we could say. I think he pretty much um, he summed it up as far as what our music is about and and where we want our music to go and and what our goal with that is is to bring kind of that classic sound that seems to be disappearing, kind of bring it back and and be sure that it stays alive and to be able to share it with, with other people and as many people and audiences as possible. Um, as far as what we're, what are we doing, Corey? What are we doing these days? We're playing a lot of music. Yeah. Um, and, and we also kind of have some other stuff going. Katie uh, makes jewelry and, and cuts rocks. Um, for and a I, living. That's what yeah, I do for a living. For a living. Um, I like to make soap. We, we try to get that on the, on the Etsy store as we can. Uh, like to work outside in the garden, be outside a lot as much as we can. We just kind of got a lot of random things. <laughs> yeah, it's a very creative lifestyle. I think my family and I feel best when we're kind of expressing ourselves creatively, making something, having um, a project to continue to see growth with, I think is very satisfying to me. And I, I, it must be satisfying to my whole family because we, we all seem to, to be working on our little projects and some projects together. I, I love it. And it, I, I think it's, you, you, well, you guys make what you're doing very well known on your YouTube channel and, and all the different projects that you're working on. So I've seen info that you've shared about uh, creating soap and doing different projects with rocks and finding different interesting things. And uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm going to ask you something in just a second here about your music. But this is what I've noticed. So, so typically in the evenings when I'm sitting down, one of my favorite things to do is just to kind of sit down and listen to music. And over the past few weeks, since I've discovered your music, you guys are now on my regular rotation. And this is what I think is kind of the, the secret to some of what you're doing. I think you guys make people happy. You're making people happy. Like you're, you're bringing joy to the world. And so when I thought, I thought, you know what? 
I'm really enjoying the content that they're producing. And I thought, I'm just going to invite them to join me on the podcast one of these days and see if, if they'd be interested in doing that, because I want my listeners to know about the music that you're creating and the, the different things that you're doing. I think there's a lot into it uh, that, that has a lot of, of value. And I'm curious, how did you guys get into performing and creating music? Was it something that you always enjoyed? Was it something that your family encouraged you to pursue? How did this all get started? Yeah, uh, you know, we we grew up in a really musical family um, and, and we were blessed to do that. So our our grandpa um, and great uncle had a band that toured the southeast for like 40 years. Um, you know, by the time we were born, they were kindly starting to phase out of it. They were just getting older uh, and just kind of couldn't do a lot of it anymore. Um, but they were practicing our basement. So like we always grew up hearing that. And then we grew up um, singing in, in church as kids. And then by the time we kind of got old enough, um, our grandpa played with our uncle, his son, uh, our uncle, and uh, we would maybe just run in from playing and sing a song with him and run back out and play. And 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 then once we got to maybe eighth or ninth grade, we got a little, little bit more serious and uh, picked up instruments. I picked up the fiddle first, actually, didn't stick with it, switched to guitar. So then she picked up the fiddle um, and we and we kind of went went from there. I mean, so our family definitely encouraged it. They didn't make us do it. It just kind of was already really going in there before we were even born. So yeah. then we come along and it was just kind of like, OK, you know, yeah. you want to do that. It was already established. So we were blessed in that sense of the support system and the encouragement and kind of just the the basis to get started was just already existed by the time we were old enough to be interested and then there was always instruments hanging around I mean every single get together family get together every single event or just when we would go to a family's house there was always um an instrument somebody was always playing music somebody was always singing and it was really not until I become an adult that I realized, wait a minute, that isn't the norm. I just assumed everybody grew up and all their aunts and uncles played and sang, you know, or sung, maybe I should say there. Um, and then I realized, wait a minute, this isn't the norm. People, it's not just music, music, music everywhere you go, people playing it, people wanting you to play it, encouraging you, helping you out. Um, so it's, it's kind of a joke where my dad, of course, is, last name Presley, but my mom is a Wilson. And so um, my mom's dad and his brother, so our grandpa and great uncle, they toured around as the Wilson brothers and they, they did mostly gospel music. And so it was kind of always a running joke in the family, all the Wilson family, um, they all play instruments and they all had the talent to play instruments. So it was like um, when a Wilson baby was going to be born, they would go to the hospital and bring some instruments and see which one the baby was interested <laughs> in. And that was the one that they would, be playing it's like the deal is still you you cooed at the banjo you're the new banjo player so <laughs> which is funny but it's pretty it feels like that's exactly what happened I mean we just I grew up just at the knees of these people playing music just watching and hearing and listening and I don't think I realized how much it meant to me until um some of those people were gone until I was grown isn't it interesting how certain things can just be part of the culture of your household and you kind of take it for granted because for a long time, that's all you're familiar with. And then you get to a different season of life and you realize how special it is. I, I grew up with uh, uh, in the grocery business. My father owned a grocery store that was my grandfather's grocery store and my great grandfather's prior to that. And so I, I grew up always, you know, in, enjoying good deli meats and things like that. And I thought, OK, well, uh, 
I, I, I guess everybody enjoys that, right? And uh, no, not necessarily, you know. But we didn't sing at uh, at family get-togethers. How, how does my family get invited to your family get-togethers so that we could, so that we could sing? Just bring some deli meat and you can go. <laughs> so we'll we'll bring the deli meats. All right, and you guys sing. See, all, all my family did growing up at, at family get-togethers was complain. So that's like a form of singing, isn't it? That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So h- how do most people often hear of your music? What what seems to be the main way people are finding out about you guys? In a second, I'm going to tell you how I found out about you guys, but I'm just curious, like, you know, in general, how do people know about you? Um, I think it's, it's kind of, I would say maybe several different ways. I would say a lot, like right now, recently, like in the last year, a lot of it is through YouTube because that's where we've kind of really put all our efforts is is um, doing videos and lots of things like that. Um, and then, of course, locally, I mean, just in our community, it's kind of become, I guess, word of mouth because a lot of the times if you go and play a gig or play a show and they like you, you get asked back over and over. Um, and then... Uh, you know, and then those people swap contact with these people over there and over here and over there. And then before you know it, it can be, so it's kind of both. Yeah. I do think a fair amount of it, especially in the beginning, um, was word of mouth. And then just like, Oh, well, I, you know, those Wilson brothers and their, their family sings too, you know? And it's funny to think though, like even in my lifetime, when we were in, I mean, even when we were in like fifth grade, the internet just wasn't what it is now. And YouTube wasn't what it is now. So even if you might've had one or two videos there, I don't think at that time it would have led to like a lot of interest in discovering our music. Plus we were like children too. So, I mean, that was like what, 2007 maybe. So we were like nine or something like that. But I mean, I, I do think at this day and age with the internet being what it is and social media and just being connected to the world at just the touch of a, a button there, it has helped a lot. I like to say it's a blessing and a curse, but it, it also has really, really give us a lot of, um, lot of attention, you know, for, for our music. And we hope everybody will spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're, we're going to do our part here with the podcast, but I, I'll, I'll tell you uh, one of the things, and I mentioned this before our interview officially started here, we were just setting up. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed about uh, your YouTube channel, there's not a whole lot of people that dislike it. I mean, typically when you go to a YouTube channel, there are, you know, plenty of dislikes on just the most, you know, whatever type of thing. And uh, I notice, I, I, you know, there'll be 600 likes on a video of yours and zero dislikes. And I think, who's going to be the jerk that puts the first dislike on this? It's like you almost feel protective of it. You're thinking, you're, leave this alone. Don't mess with it. This is good stuff. But, but that's YouTube is where I found out about you guys. So, and I'll, I'll tell you how it happened. And YouTube is so strange. Don't, don't you get a kick out of the things that it recommends to you? Yes. So the, the YouTube algorithm is how I know about you, but this is how it came about. I, I, I typically, so I live uh, outside of Philadelphia. So do you suppose Philadelphia and Brasstown, North Carolina are slightly like different? Yeah. You think there might be a couple differences. Yeah. <laughs> like I think one of the differences in in uh, Brasstown you you have manners and here in uh in Philadelphia where we forgot what those are. But uh I I'm in a I'm in a suburb of uh Philadelphia and I actually I mean I love Pennsylvania. I grew up here in Pennsylvania and uh but I 
daydream all the time of just, you know, just having a place in the country, doing something like that. That's kind of the the vibe of our household and uh, just kind of the way, you know, we roll here. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, you look at at my kids, they're very much into country music. And, and some, sometimes people scratch their head and they think, how are you guys the way you are? <laughs> you know, like you don't you're not from, uh, you know, Brasstown, North Carolina. Why do you like this stuff? I don't have a good answer for that. I just like it. And uh, and so I was I think YouTube knows that I like stuff like that. And it recommended one of your mother's videos. And it was a video where I, I don't remember what the exact title was. You could probably tell me better than I could. But it was one of the videos where uh, she was teaching people the meaning of Appalachian words and, uh, cult, you know, just just different things about Appalachian culture. And she was interviewing the two of you and kind of testing uh, the, the two of you on this. And uh, <laughs> and my my wife uh, is uh, a, a professor at a local college. And uh, she also teaches English. And so when she saw that I pressed play and we were listening to this, she's like, oh, wait, le- make, make sure that stays on. I want to hear that to the end because she was fascinated with it just like I was. And so the two of us were sitting there listening. And uh, then after we watched the video, it was probably about 10 minutes. And I thought it was I thought it was extremely interesting. It gave me a lot of insight into uh, my first church. I, I The first church I pastored is, uh, so the Appalachian influence and region, it stretches pretty far up the East Coast. Sure. And the first church that I pastored is in the Appalachian region of Pennsylvania. And, uh, and there were a lot of things about the culture there that I didn't quite understand. And I didn't, I, it was like helping me to piece a bunch of these things together. And so I, uh, after watching that, then I noticed that your mother had a link in that video or in the description to one of your music videos, you know, just you guys singing outside. And uh, so we clicked on it and followed it. And I looked over at my wife and she looked at me and we're like, uh, this is wonderful. <laughs> like, what, what, is this? like what, what have we just discovered? Like this, this has such a pleasant sound. And so we listened to that song. And we're like, well, what else is there? And so we, we just kept listening to a whole bunch of songs that you guys recorded. And I thought, wow, this is, I love this. And so that night we bought your CD and, uh, and she and I were talking and, and I said, boy, I, I should, I should invite them onto the podcast. I would love to introduce others to their music. So I hope, I hope if you're listening to this, do two things. All right. Just do me a favor, check out their YouTube channel. Just go to the Presley girls, uh, at, at YouTube, right? So that's pretty easy to find, but order their CD when it ends in a walk, you'll find it right on their website. I promise you won't be disappointed. I listen to it in my car. I really enjoy it. But that's how I found you. I found you through YouTube recommending stuff like that because they know that I'm this guy that lives near a major city, yet oftentimes daydreams about what what it would be like to bring more country to the Philadelphia region. Um, so yeah, so that's it. So you so keep investing in YouTube because it's it's uh it's it's certainly helping you guys get out there. But I'm assuming that's that's what you're noticing based on what you said as well. Yeah, we're definitely, and thank you for that. That's, so that's cool. awesome. I mean, <laughs> it's so, that's been the, the biggest blessing about the YouTube is that w- with our YouTube and mom's YouTube is that it's connected us to all kinds of people. Um, and that's awesome. It's really cool. And it kind of goes back to, it makes me think like what you were saying earlier about our videos making people happy. That means the world to me. If that, like, if I can just do that, like 
with what we're doing, make people happy, make people think about something else for a while, you know, uh, then I'm good to go. I mean, that's great. Me Me too. It's funny. YouTube is smart like that. Yeah. It's always recommending stuff about rocks. To me, of course, because I like rock. Yeah. Sometimes rock music, because I like rock and roll music, and just it is smart. But it's funny how you find people. We've had a lot of made, made a lot of friends who said, "Found you on YouTube." I was looking at my normal stuff, and then you were on the side, and I was like, "Who are those people?" And it always struck me as funny. I always think, well, they're on the YouTube. Like, they're they're big people. Whoever it is that I think is cool, I'm like, they're not gonna. They don't want to talk to me, but they're just people, just like I am, just like we are. So. It is fun to like. I kind of turn people in you on YouTube into celebrities, and I'm like, I could be a celebrity myself in someone else's eyes. <laughs> well, that's hey, that that's who you guys are to to uh, other people, and uh, I, I appreciate the way you guys are using that platform. I feel like you're using that to really edify. And uh, Corey, there was something specifically that you mentioned in one of the videos that we found that night where it looked like you had just taken a walk, you're you're in kind of a wooded setting, and you're going through a variety of scriptures that had spoken to you uh, related to issues like anxiety or related to issues like trusting the Lord, related to prayer. And, uh, you know, I wonder um, if you could just like maybe tell us a little bit about how you guys are making investments in your spiritual walk, because that's kind of the theme of what we're talking about here with the podcast. We're talking about like where our minds go, you know, we want to dwell on things that ultimately glorify Christ. And so how does that look like in your lives? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Um, We try to be really intentional with the channel. I mean, I I try to like really think out what videos I'm going to post, how I'm going to do them, and especially videos like that. Um, that's something that that video specifically, I had wanted to make that video for like, like six or eight weeks. And every time I tried to do it, it just didn't work. I just, I don't know. It's just like, this is, I just can't do this. This is not the right time. So I let it set kind of by itself. And then over time kind of compiled stuff and thought, okay. And, you know, so did the video, but, um, I try to just be intentional and of course, praying about it, just that it would be, you know, what God wants it to be just that we've been able to do this, you know, and now kind of have this be our, our sort of full-time thing with other things, um, is, is a blessing. And I try to, um, kind of let it be up to him where it goes. And, uh, uh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely feel that way about it. Just try to be instead of slapping something together, which we all do that sometimes when you're busy and you're like, I have to get something up there. And I just, I haven't got anything up there, but being really specific, like, Hey, you know, in those comments, these people said they would be interested in hearing this song or seeing this and they're supporting us. So what could we show them? And then just like kind of that old adage of like, well, this is what helped me when I was struggling. So maybe it'll help somebody else. If I share that mama told me this and it made me feel better. So I should tell you do that because it might, make somebody out there feeling down in the dumps feel better about themselves. But um, as far as, I mean, I think investing in my faith, it's something interesting that I had been um, talking to Corey about lately is I think God has a, um, I do well, I know he has a very uh, specific plan and, and, and will and hopes and desires for everybody. And it's really easy to think, I want what I want. I want my will. I want what Katie wants. And Katie knows. And Katie can do this. And Katie. So it's kind of the investment is to let go of the struggle, the tug and the push. And and letting go means you're submitting yourself to whatever it is that God wants for you. Therefore, you're investing in something good, something for the future, something for 
for people who um, need it, because that's what God does. He uses people to speak through. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to submit yourself and, and let go of what it is that you desire and you want. And um, But at the end of the day, whatever you're wanting is is um, a tiny little speck of salt, you know, compared to the huge, wonderful thing that God is. So part of the investment in the YouTube for me has been like, now this ain't all about you and what you want and what you think you want, Katie. Yeah. It's, it's about let God talk and maybe God's talking through Corey and Corey says, let's do this video. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Wow. People are really like that. Right. And I was going to say, um, too, just because, I mean, God has allowed us to do this. I mean, this is why we're allowed, uh, not allowed. I don't want to phrase it like that, but that, you know, the blessing he has given us to get to be able to do, do these YouTube videos. So then I try to keep that in mind and think that these videos should be about glorifying him. Even if it's not a, a strict video talking about scripture, even if it's just, you know, in the video, we try to, you know, kind of bring it back to that, at least sometimes saying, you know, oh, we're so blessed to get to do this because, you know, yeah, yeah. Isn't it something to think that that a YouTube channel and some of the things that you're doing online can be used of God as a ministry? You know, it's something that's ministering to other people. That's an exciting thought, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I'm immediately like, I'm so undeserving and unworthy, but um, we're so thankful and and blessed to do it because that's just the thing. I know that at, at the times when I'm the weakest and everything's scary and I feel like crying and blah, 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 blah. Then I imagine, okay, well, this is how I feel right now at my weakest. Well, then how is it that when I'm at my strongest that all these things are good things are happening? And that's how I know it's not me doing it. You know, it's not at my weakest. I'm like, now, really? How is all, how are all these really big things bigger than me happening? That's how I know it's God. So you say, thank you. You'd be grateful. Have gratitude for that and keep on a trucking. And it does. I mean, it feels amazing. I would have never thought that we could minister to people, you know, online. I just thought it would have to be, well, you know, when we go to gigs, we sing these gospel songs, which we love. We're still going to do that, of course. course. But but yeah, it's really neat to get to do that through the internet too, because you can reach a lot of people. Yeah. And I just, like I said, I feel so unworthy, um, but I just, Whatever God says, whatever it is that I feel like he's nudging at me to do, I just do it and hope that that's um, hope that's what he wants, you know, what will be the best. Totally. And and I, I love what you guys are doing with the opportunity that he's blessing you with. It, it really is ministering to people. And that's certainly an encouragement. And, and I think a lot of people are afraid to do the type of things that you guys are doing, because, you know, when you put yourself out there like this, there's going to be people that are critics. There are going to be people that are haters for, for no good reason, just because they feel like picking apart what, what somebody else does. I know that that's something that over the the years of of me uh, doing things online or developing my podcasts or anything like that, from time to time, I deal with things like that. And it's not pleasant, but the nice thing is now and then you get a nice message from somebody or you find out from someone that that something you took the time to put together ministered to someone and it's, and it kind of eggs you on to keep going. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I, I want to transition our conversation back to something that we talked about just a, just a couple minutes ago when I said that I discovered your channel through your mother's channel when she was interviewing you guys about certain Appalachian words. And so I, I asked Corey and Katie ahead of time if they would quiz me on this. Now, to give you a little bit of background on what goes on here, on her mother's channel, uh, sometime, now what's the official name of, of your mother's channel? Let's give her channel a plug, too. Yeah, thank you. It's called Celebrating Appalachia. 
All right. Celebrating Appalachia. Uh, her, their mother's channel is fantastic as well. And uh, apparently, did she just cross over 100,000 subscribers? Yes, did, Good yes. for her. Does that surprise her? It does. We're all kind of shocked. <laughs> She's going to get one of those uh, YouTube uh, awards that they send, those plaques. Do you ever see those? That, those yeah. She's going to have to put that up in the kitchen. So when she's filming in the kitchen, there's, you know, it's just this, this nice uh, home kitchen and then a YouTube award, you know, hundreds of <laughs> It probably doesn't fit, but it should. The funny thing about it is, the h- hilarious thing about it is, is my mom is shy. She's nothing like me. She's, She's nothing. Not like <laughs> Even Corey is shy compared to me, but now mom is painfully shy. Mom told us this story one time when she was um, a little girl on the playground. Somebody would come once or twice a week and mow the grass so it didn't get really tall, and the kids would go out and get all itchy and stuff. So they got the grass mowed, you know. And um, she said the janitor, whoever it was, was out there mowing grass, and she was on the other side of the fence, and she just got a little too close to him, and a rock flew up and hit her in the arm, and um, it hit her pretty bad, enough to start bleeding and be an issue, but she said she, it hurt, and she was worried that it was bleeding, but she was so bashful she wouldn't tell anybody. She just, <laughs> she just covered it up until one of the teachers was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, what's happened? Are you okay? And there's, she's got a nice little scar from that, but she was just so bashful, she didn't tell anybody that she was bleeding and hurt, so that's why she's surprised. She's like, 100,000 subscribers, I had no idea I could ever do this with as like shy as I am. I'm, my life is an open book for better or worse, whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we're proud of mom. We're very proud. She, oh, she's doing a great job. It, well, and, and so what she'll do. So just, you know, if you're listening here on the podcast, um, what, what her mother, what their mother will do is she'll take uncommon, slang right we would say probably like slang from from the appalachian region or or words that that are more common in that region that that most people even people living there now wouldn't necessarily be familiar with and so that that was my whole introduction to all this and i thought it was funny and so it's almost like a guessing game you know we were watching that trying to figure out what does this word mean what is and so i i I messaged uh, Corey and katie before our interview and i said all right just for fun bring some words that are are common appalachian words and quiz me on these on the podcast and let's see if i could get anywhere close and i'm 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 gonna try my best here and try and figure out what these words mean so great on a curve okay so if i only get it like (laughs) if i get close be like all right close enough all right so let's see all right what's word number one all right Corey. um all right let's see i've got i've got some good some some good words this one you might know but it's the word gong g-o-g-o-n <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna fail this test. Why would I? So, so gom, uh, you know. So, I mean, the only thing it sounds like is is either gum or gone. So, if something's like, all right, I'm gonna say something that ran out is is gom. So, like, if you not exactly, if you <laughs> close, but you know, it'd be like. So, if I were to say, like, if I, you know, if you gum something up, that's not really that doesn't. Like That's it. it to make a gum of something like. So just to goof something up, to mess something up. To mess. Like it's like a mess. Like you might say, you know, your room is a gum. You know, it's just messed. It just means like it's messy. And mom would totally tell us that growing up, you know, your room looks like a gum. You really need to fix it. You gum everything up. Yes. Why can't you be clean? It's like we, were, we had to take like 10 baths a day because we would, we gommed. 
That's the past tense. You have gone. You've just been (laughs) just nasty, messed stuff up, got dirt everywhere. You won't do your laundry. Your room is a disaster. You're growing plants in there. It's so nasty. You know, it's, um, but gone. And that's, that is that I heard that too many times to count when I was a kid and I still hear it. So I'm going to I need to find a way to use that here in the Philadelphia region today and see if I could completely confuse somebody. Oh, my goodness. This place is a gum. Yeah, perfect. That sounded really natural. That's it. (laughs) All right. Word number two. Let's hear it. Um, All right. This one is heap sight. Like, uh, (laughs) like, so this morning, mom and I actually had to put mulch in where we did. We put mulch in the chicken lot. Um, so we used a heap side of mulch. So, all right. So in my mind, especially since you gave me context, you gave me some clues on that one, uh, which means you must be feeling really bad for me. And you're only (laughs) on the second word. Uh, so heap site, I'm, I'm thinking this is just where you would pile something. So things would just be piled there, right? If you're using like a large amount, you know, if it's a heap site, right? That's part, you got it there. Large amount. It just means a lot. Like a, I'm going to, you know, a heap side of butter in the pan. Like I put a lot of butter in the pan for An whatever. An excessive amount of yeah. whatever excessive it is. excessive amount. All right. A heap site. So you would say that of butter and of mulch. <laughs> just in it. Yeah. I mean, and I think what it comes from is like when, when I think of like heaping piles, over like, like yeah, like pile, like the mulch was just heaping <laughs> out of the truck. It was falling out of the truck. There's so much in there. Okay. All right. That's all right. That was, that was fun. All right. All right. Word number three, let's hear it. So this is my favorite one because, one. because it's hard. <laughs> You're going to struggle. Um, yeah, I mean, I struggled with this too. Some of these are ones like those two. I feel like we probably, we do use in our household. This one, we don't really use really as much. So, um, it is pronounced Laraping. We'll spell it. Um, yeah. L-A-U-R-R-I-P-I-N-G. Laraping. So if you want to say, yeah. And it's like specific to one thing. So like if I was going to say, this would probably give it away, but still. Don't say, um, this. Don't say this word. Well, no. give it away. Uh, well, <laughs> but say something like this. Um, mm, that pan of green beans was just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so does it mean, if something's laughing, does it, does it mean it's good or it's yeah. delicious or something like that? Yes. It like layer up in good, and it it's so about taste. It's like specifically about food. So like, mm, that was layer up in good or layer up in. What, yeah. what is the origin of that? I, I, you know, I just it. Don't, don't you wonder? Like, where does I this know. come from? I'm not exactly sure. I wish we had Mom's Smoky Mountain English yeah. Dictionary with us because Mom's we can tell got you. a book this big, and that's where all this stuff comes from. And a lot of these words are stuff I know I heard as a kid around a community center, my elders saying some of this stuff, some of it I still say, but then there's some of it that I believe, I believe it's not made up, but it's just been so Died long. out, right? Yeah, since right. people have used it, that even to me, it sounds odd. Okay. Um, All right. Don't give me any context for this next one. Let's see if I get any anywhere close with just uh, with just the word. Let's hear it. Katie uses this a lot. I do. I use this on the daily. I use one or two versions of it, but I would say, say that, yeah, um, the see. word is no count. <laughs> no two count. words, but together, no count. No count. Um, so I'm I'm picturing somebody. <laughs> well, I don't. I, it's hard to define this too. Like when when you hear that, like no count. So I'm thinking, 
somebody that um or or just something that that is is uh not happening somehow like i'm just trying to uh i'm 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 saying like boy i'm really stammering here to explain i would be i i would do terrible on your mother's channel here um we didn't do so great either. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> we're not here and we're bad. It's like it's like um, yeah, something that doesn't follow through or something that doesn't doesn't work out or or so, I don't know that that would be my guess. Am I anywhere close? Yeah, yeah you're on the right track. So I would say something like, um, "Man, I picked up some squash at Walmart and it just was no count. It was bad. It wasn't any good." So I use that to say like that person did something bad. So I was like, man, that was a kind of a no count thing to do. But mostly I say like, that's just no count. Like if you eat, if we eat somewhere and it wasn't good, I, yeah. we would say that all the time. Like I just wasn't no count. Or you can almost use it the other way around and say, um, ask someone, you know, was that any account? And then meaning, yeah. was the food good? Did you like whatever you were experiencing? That's, so I, I, I always say no count. Like, man, that food was no count. Like I, the worst of something. Right. It wasn't good. It was a bad experience for me. But then sometimes I'll say, like, that that um, person, not really person, but that thing, like, just there's just no account. That ain't no account. Or was this any account? Yeah. Or was it? Was the food any count? We say that all the time. If Granny goes somewhere, we should be like, was the food any any account, any count? And that was her asking was good. The food good. Does it measure up to Granny's standards? Yeah, is the, <laughs> the thing. But that's it. I hear that a lot, and I use it a lot. I've always heard it. Can you imagine someone like me from, from the Philly region uh, being asked that question, right? And just staring blankly and be like, I, I don't know. Wait, uh, do, you're asking like, was there enough of it? What, what is this? Like if it's no count, but I'll tell you a word that I have learned from, uh, from your mom's channel. I know that if, if the milk goes bad, it's blinked, right? Or it's blinky. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Is that, that's an Appalachian word, right? You know, mm-hmm. that, it, that it's, that it's blinky if the milk goes bad. Yeah, that's so that, that blinky milk would be no count. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> all right, all right. Really, I'm getting there. See this? I'm, I'm, all right. Give me another one. What What do you got? I want to do this one. Um, okay, so this word is um, it's kind of weird to pronounce. Quietus. Quietus. Yeah. Quietus. Quietus. Spell it, and it might help him. It's spelled just like it sounds. Q u i e t u s. Quietus. Quietus. But it so, has a whole word in there. <laughs> does it does it mean anything to do with being quiet? Is it yes. anything like that? So, yeah. Okay. So is it the state of being quiet? Basically, that's exactly yeah. it. And right. that, so yeah. Look at, you, you guys are teaching me a whole new language. I'm yeah. I'm bilingual now. Thanks to the principles, <laughs> I'm bilingual. It works. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Let, let's do one more. Let's do one final. What's the finale word? Um, should we do that one or that one? I'm we should do that, that one. one. Do that. Okay, one. this one it may, may be obvious, may not be, but this is a whistle pig. <laughs> oh, a whistle pig. <laughs> a so whistle I think I, I think a whistle pig is like a uh, uh, swine with uh, some sort of a nasal allergy. <laughs> <laughs> it is an animal. It is an animal. Oh, a whistle pig is an animal. Yes, yeah, it's not a pig. A pig. <laughs> but it's not a pig. Is it a? Is it a bird? 
Is it a whistle pig or bird? Nothing with wings, but something if you're not careful, you could potentially hit with your car. Well, I don't know if there's many of them up there, but there's a bunch of them down here. Okay, so is it is it a deer? No, is smaller. It, smaller. <laughs> smaller? It, would it be a, a skunk or an armadillo or something like that? Close. Possum? Even closer. <laughs> oh, no. A squirrel? Um, Kind of like a squirrel, but bigger. <laughs> oh, boy. What's between possum and squirrel? <laughs> whistle pig. That's what's between <laughs> possum and squirrel is a whistle pig. Possum, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've, some, I've seen some pretty big possums, though. I mean, I'm not going to lie. But, um, I'm t- okay, so... Think um, time of year, shadows, seasons. Oh, uh, groundhog? Groundhog, like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, do you have a lot of groundhogs up there? Okay. So uh, Punxsutawney, you know, you've heard of Punxsutawney with uh, like groundhogs and stuff, right? Or maybe you haven't. It, like for Groundhog's Day, where they have that groundhog that comes out. and oh. uh, So that's in Punxsutawney. That's in Pennsylvania. And that is in the Appalachian region of Pennsylvania. So that's pretty close to where I served uh, my first church that I was mentioning earlier that was in that region. And there were certain things they would say that I I was like, I have no idea what you're saying. (laughs) And I thought I grew up in Pennsylvania. How can we be speaking a different language? So, well, that that was fun. I was glad you guys were willing to do that. Yeah. Um, All right. So uh, a, a few other quick questions here for you. Um, all right. So several years ago, uh, we mentioned this a little bit already. I started dabbling in, into building an, an online platform. Um, one of the best decisions I ever made. It's become like a big ministry. All of that. I, I help others do that as well. And I wonder, um, as you're building your platform online, so as you're developing this online, what advice would you give to somebody that decides to follow in your steps, that decides to kind of notice some of the things that you're doing and saying, you know, I'm going to take the risk and I'm actually going to share my knowledge or my experience or, or content I'm creating online. What advice could you give? Yeah, that's a good question. My advice would be pick one or two things, one or two platforms, really, I should say, and just be consistent with that in the beginning. uh, And I think, you know, that's maybe why it didn't work in the past, but also this, you know, probably just wasn't the right time in the past. But it can be really overwhelming um, trying to share your message, whatever, whatever it is that you're trying to do, because there's so much social media, so many platforms, so much to do with marketing and technology, and it just gets overwhelming really fast. So I would pick one or two things that you want to do that are like feasible to you. It might be, okay, I feel like I could do YouTube. I'm just going to do that and I'm going to do it consistently. Then if I get a grasp on that, then I might move on to the next thing. But uh, that's definitely something that I would say to do because, A, I feel like that will make you more likely to succeed because you're just consistent with what you're doing versus just being doing more things but just only giving a little bit of time to them. and then. Um, um let's see what was i gonna say i'm starting to let me and then b uh it will make it easier on you for yourself it just more likely to succeed and then you don't feel like your brain is going in six different directions yeah i mean and i think i would say just don't don't even don't be afraid to start somewhere just take one small step at a time and then the rest of it it's hard to trust sometimes but trust that the rest of it will just appear it will just unfold it's kind of like a magic carpet will be unfurled in front of you. But it for that to happen, you have to take one step first and then the next step to kind of see 
the yeah. path of where Just you're supposed start to go. Small. Yeah, and don't little be brave. Don't be. Don't let your fear of like this is is so overwhelming. This is so hard and so confusing. And what if I fail? Don't let that keep you from just jumping in there and starting somewhere. And once you have a starting spot, it's you know you'd be surprised how quickly what you need to learn and what you need to move forward will will be provided for you. So, so pick one thing. Stay consistent. Don't be afraid to start. Just keep progressing in that direction, and each yeah. additional step will appear when it's time. I think yeah. that's great counsel. Yeah, excellent counsel. All right, you ready for a few fun questions before we we wrap things up? And by the way, uh, we're going to wrap things up in a few minutes here with a song. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that too. So so stick around for that. But here's a few fun questions, just about you guys. All right. So what's been the most enjoyable, or you could even answer it this way, depending on what you prefer, <laughs> or the most annoying part of growing up together as sisters? Um, I'll go first. I, I think the most enjoyable thing is just always having a best friend. I mean, um, <laughs> always getting to be with each other, always having a sounding board, and even like socially being always together. Like Katie said, I am a little bit more shy, but Katie is so not shy. Um, so, which is good because we balance each other out a lot like that. Um, so that's been nice. As far as annoying, the only really thing, I mean, I'm sure I do tons of things that annoy you, but the only thing I can really think about is that growing up, I, when I was really little, I wanted to dress alike. Then I got to a certain age and I was like, don't dress like me, but we do have the same taste in clothes. So like we have a lot of the same pair, like exact same pairs of shoes, stuff like that. And then very often, like once we moved out of the same room, we would both come out and be wearing like same shoes, same shirt. And I'd be like, take it off. I had it first. I don't want to be but dressed the same. How do we know who really had it first? If we That's subconsciously true. unknowingly put it on without <laughs> wearing it. Um, and I, I forgot to mention to people, and sorry to interrupt. I didn't. I don't think I ever mentioned that you guys are twin sisters. I don't think I ever even said that. So for those that are just meeting the Presley girls, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, it, you, they're twin sisters. I, I I think I forgot to mention that somewhere along the way. And who was born first? Kate, I was two you're minutes older than me. Yeah, ten minutes. Two, okay, ten only minutes. two. Two minutes. Two minutes. Oh, we two were two minutes. Minutes. So it was a really fast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think there's anything annoying. I think the, the only time I ever felt annoyed is, is when we were like almost 18 sleeping in bunk beds and I was ready for my own room. I was like, I just, I can't crawl in here now or not. And Corey hit her head and I would hit my head on the, cause I slept on the bottom on the, the top bunk. Um, I don't think I ever felt annoyed. I think it's been the most enjoyable thing to just be like, I wish everybody had that sense of like, there's always somebody there. Like the ultimate sense of there's always somebody there. And um, yeah, it would be cool if everybody could feel that. But I mean, at least we like each other. I know twins who don't get along. And it's really a shame because I think that um, I think God knew what he was doing. He knew that I needed Corey and he knew um, Corey needed me. So so it works. It works pretty good. And when I when I misbehave, Corey just tells me to shut up and go to the closet. No. <laughs> able to, to speak into your life and tell you that. And I, I can tell that, that even as you're saying that, I could tell you're grateful. You know, that's the emotion is very much on your face. Like I, I could see that. So what a blessing that the Lord's blessed you in that way. So, so people probably ask you guys as twin sisters about some of like the similarities and similar interests and things like that that you guys are into and you're making music together and growing up together, doing all sorts of stuff like that. I'd also be curious to know what, what are some differences? Like what, what are some things that are, that you would say are distinct differences? 
differences? You've already listed one. You said Corey tends to be a little more shy. Katie, you tend to be more outspoken. So, uh, you know, what do you think? Like, what would be some of the differences you'd list? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's definitely differences. When we were smaller, younger, I would say, no, we're pretty much just alike. And now I would say sometimes it's we are as like as much as we are different. Um but yeah, like I, like we said, I would say I'm I'm more shy. I like to just kind of listen more. I'm I'm not spontaneous at all. Um, I like to go to bed really early. I like things to be. I'm kind of a control freak. I want to have my schedule, keep my schedule. I don't like getting off the schedule. Um, and then Katie, I would say, is definitely more social. Stays up later. Monado. But she's more creative. <laughs> like you're way more creative than I am. You and that's why we go good together because you have the creativity and the dream, and then I have the organizational skills to make it happen. <laughs> that's really well put. Yeah. I think that's most of it. Is I'm I'm a very impulsive, like spontaneous. I'm just as likely to be like, sure, let's just fly to Hawaii and stay for two weeks. I have not, I don't even have a backpack. Let's go. All I have is my license. That'll give me everything I need, right? <laughs> um, and then Corey is a lot. Seems to be a lot more um, chillax and kind of more grounded. I tend to kind of. Dad says I like to climb the cliff just so I can jump off and, and be like, ah, what am I doing? What am I gonna do? So. That's that's very a good way to put it. Koi is the the rational reasoning part, and I'm just the party. But you're the fun. <laughs> you're the fun side. I love it. That's so fun. So I, I have to confess. Um, all right. So you're, you on your mother's channel. She she has uh, you know where she's sharing different things about um, you know Appalachian language and words and slang and vernacular things like that but from time to time she'll also show some interesting food videos now I don't watch cooking videos but I recently was watching one of your mother's videos related to cooking a cube steak and I thought why am I watching this like I don't even cook I, I really don't like I, I don't cook you know making a bowl of cereal is like the the closest that I I, I get to cooking right and I, I watched this and I and then I then at the end of the video, she served it to the family. And I thought, wow, now I'm craving cube steak. <laughs> and I've, been, I've been thinking about that. I'm like, how do I get some of that cube steak? Can she, can she send that up here to uh, Pennsylvania somehow and have it stay warm the whole time? Would yeah, awesome. probably. Or like, would be cool. I mean, you, people do ship stuff, food like <laughs> ice like that. You know, it's, it's pretty good. But I, I'm wondering, what's your favorite meal to have together as a family? I think usually mine, I got to say, would be like, well, maybe two things. Anything that involves deer meat, whether it's canned, fried, grilled, like whatever. Um, roasted. Roasted. Um, <laughs> I love deer meat. And then potato salad. It's dad's grandpa's recipe. And we usually don't, but it's kind of like an involved recipe. So we don't really usually cook it unless it's like a special time because it makes a lot like at Thanksgiving or Christmas. So I definitely love the potato salad. I love the cornbread, but anything too with green beans. Can I ask you a question about the potato salad really quick? Yeah. Do you use, do you use uh, sweet potatoes or arch potatoes? Arch potatoes. Yeah. Can you tell that I've been paying attention, right? People yeah. watching are like, or listening are like, what's arch potatoes? Yeah. What's an arch potato? Yeah. That's what mama has always said. What makes that potato salad so good is the pickles. We put pickles in it, but the pickles we use are, are pickles we make. They're called 14 day pickles because it takes 14 days and they're kind of, Almost clovey, which sounds it's gross, gross but it's good. But it's good. It kind of gives it this little candy, sweet, crispy, almost. like windy. Um, sounds good. But I, I'm still, I like explain what an arsh potato is. I just used a term, and you guys are are glazing right over it because you're so familiar with it. <laughs> right. But nobody um, else knows what that means. 
mom just uses that to say like a white potato yeah instead like, of saying like sometimes she'll ask me that do you want an arse potato or do you want a sweet potato i'm like i just want a white potato and she knows what i'm talking about it's just a distinction between that or the little new potatoes, potatoes or the yeah. new potatoes yeah like the smaller ones that are the ones with red skin on them which by yeah. the way i love them and we don't even have them in our house but i really like those um, <laughs> Well, she, I think she said something to the effect of that it comes from like Irish potatoes and so somehow yeah. it got shortened to arse potatoes, but she right, says so, so funny. I, I'm learning. All right. So how about you, Katie? What, what's the, uh, what would you say your fa- favorite family meal is that you guys well, get to together? And then you got to convince your mom to make it like make a video. <laughs> I know. I think it's funny. Um, part of what we said is that we, I like to have a meat a vegetable and then like maybe bread like cornbread we, we i love fresh hot cornbread there's nothing better than that but we also have a bread machine which that's not necessarily appalachian but it's a bread machine that you just put the ingredients in um three so three hours or so so sometimes we'll have that our mom will make biscuits from scratch now that's really good but um favorite favorite would probably have to be the fried deer meat um and then sometimes we'll do something called pickled beans and corn and it's what it sounds like it's beans and corn like beans from like shelly beans from the green beans um and it you just pickle it and so um after that amount of time that it's pickled in this crock pot and you take it out and you, you put it in these jars it's um it's really sour and wangy so if you like sour like things crack, sour or like sauerkraut um, I do apparently like really sour things. So it's perfect to do the, um, and sometimes this has been a long time since I've had sauerkraut, but the pickled beans and corn, the deer meat, and then either cornbread, it could be homemade bread. It could be biscuits. We don't ever really do biscuits with the, with the fried deer meat. Now we do the biscuits with the canned deer meat. Um, cause you can, that's the thing about in Appalachia, you can pretty much can anything you want. I have some friends and if they end up hearing this or see this, they'll know who they are. <laughs> told me that they make, um, make their own sausage. And I said, that's really cool. You know, I've, I've heard of people doing that. We've canned sausage before. Do you keep your own pigs, you know, and slaughter your own pigs and make the sausage? They said, no, our sausage isn't made out of pigs. I said, okay, well, what's it made out of? They said, turtles. <laughs> I said, Excuse me. They said, no, not box turtles are what we would call terrapin or tarrapin, terrapin turtles, it's big, big, like snapping turtles that would have a lot of meat on their bones. So essentially you can can anything in Appalachia and anything (laughs) in Appalachia is part of my favorite meal, but I, I have to try this turtle business to know what I, what I I have never, (laughs) that just sounds so unique. I've never heard of turtle sausage. I've never, I'm, I'm obviously it exists. It makes a lot of sense. By the way, there was a, a time recently I was looking outside of my office at the church and I saw somebody in our parking lot, and I was trying to figure out what they were doing. There's a state park across the street from our, our church, or a county park, technically, and there's a lake over there, and a big snapping turtle had come over across the street into our parking lot, and there was a lady out in our parking lot catching it with her bare hands, and the thing's twisting its head back and snapping at her, and she did not flinch at all. She didn't move. I thought she knows what she's doing, and she took the thing, and she put it in a box in her trunk, so do you suppose that it was the most unique thing I've ever seen happen out there? And I, I do you suppose she was making some turtle sausage? 
Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, she was either doing it a favor by taking it back to the lake, or she was probably going to eat it. So there's more. No fear. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I would be scared because those things can definitely bite fingers off. Um, They certainly can. Yeah. Well, all right. So I know you didn't think we were going to talk about all this stuff, but this was a lot of fun, and you guys are a lot of fun. And I again, if you haven't yet checked out the Presley Girls channel on YouTube. Definitely check it out. Check out their website, thepresleygirls.com. Remember, there's two S's in Presley. And uh, you can grab their CD there and learn more about their music and all the different things that they're doing. And I I just wonder, before we finish off with the song, what can we expect to see next from you guys? And how can our listeners keep up with your current projects? Yeah, uh, you know, we're really just really trying to push YouTube. I mean, um, you know, we have stuff on Facebook and Instagram as well, but uh, we're definitely pushing YouTube. Um, We're looking into doing T-shirts, so that should be fun. Uh, Mostly mostly just YouTube and trying to kind of branch out and and, uh, see what we can kind of do from there. We want to do another CD at some point, but uh, that's a lot of work. (laughs) We got to got to get that time and money um i will say one thing Corey's gonna be like what we didn't we didn't rehearse this what are you gonna say um (laughs) but one thing that i do want to do um here soon is i'm gonna get another piece of lapidary equipment and we have this creek that we show a lot in our videos and my mom shows it a lot it's all the same creek and sometimes i take the footage for her because it's an (laughs) excuse to go play at the creek um and something that i have been really interested and impressed with is I love the creek. I love it so much that I made my own business off of it. That's what my jewelry and my lapidary business is called, Stamey Creek Creations. And um, what I essentially have done now is I can, now that I have the lapidary equipment, I can go and just pick up rocks in the creek, take them home, cut them, polish them, and sell them. And I've been impressed um, and almost shocked. In my, now, I know I love the creek, and I know I think it's special, but – you know, almost feel like, hey, you know, it's so cool that all these other people like it. And I've had so many people say, hey, that creek is so pretty. Will you give me a creek rock? Will you go down there and get a rock and sell it to me? And I, I say, I almost don't feel bad <laughs> selling it. You know, it's just a rock. But um, so that's one thing that I want to do is people have been wildly interested in the creek. And I'm almost like, but how do you even know? You haven't even felt the magic yet. But part of what I've been able to do is that magic that I feel I'm sharing it by sending these rocks into the world. So something big that I'm getting ready to do is buy a flat lap um, and then make Corey use it. (laughs) In Corey's spare time, Corey's going to be polishing these rocks. And um, we kind of have some different stuff in the Etsy shop, the CDs. Corey does some crocheted stuff. But I think it's really fun to um, offer up those rocks because that really is a piece of Appalachia, a piece of us, a piece of home, of our home. That's a way to to share it. So that's something big that I'm getting ready to do by the next piece of equipment and, and, and get on that. So there you go, Corey. <laughs> Sounds good. Surprise, right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have to tell you that this was ridiculously fun today. And, uh, and I, I, I'm so glad you guys were willing to come on the show and share about what you're doing. I know for me, you've developed a, uh, a greater appreciation for Appalachian culture. And, um, you know, I, I find myself enjoying the music more and, and just seeing all sorts of different things that I don't know that I would have even paid attention to or noticed if, if your channel and your mother's channel weren't really bringing that to my attention. And uh, I really, like I said, I really hope my listeners will check out some of the stuff 
stuff you guys are doing. There's just a lot of variety to it, but it's all very edifying. It's the type of thing that puts your mind in a good place. And that's something that I think is a gift from God. So thank you guys for doing that. And uh, as we finish up here, uh, what's the song that, that we're going to hear as we, uh, as we finish up our time? Uh, I think we're going to play I'll Fly Away. Lovely. All right. Sing along if you'd like. on behalf of all the listeners of dwell on these things you guys are doing a fantastic job thank you so much for joining us today this was really enjoyable to have you guys here and uh, a real honor to be able to introduce your music to our listeners yeah thank you so much thank for you. having us yeah all right so again make sure you check it out the presleygirls.com or you could check out their channel on youtube and that's also found at the presley girls this This is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories. And our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app 
for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.